0: Michigan State's 2023 preseason begins. Penn State, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, Georgia, Alabama, Kansas State, Texas, USC, and all programs that have a bowl game will begin sometime in between December 16th, which is when the first series of bowl games are played, and also sometime in between, I think it's January 8th or 7th or 9th, whenever the national title is being played, that's between that time frame and a day after, of course, is when all those bowl-eligible and bowl-participating programs will begin their 2023 preseason in full throttle. Michigan State, they're not participating in a bowl game, they're not going to get those extra practices. Their season ended when they played and lost to Penn State. And now, they're full throttle preparing for 2023. That's exactly what Mel Tucker and his staff are doing. And today I want to talk about a little bit recruiting, portal. I want to talk about staff and roster changes or upgrades that I think need to be made. Because Mel Tucker, the message that him and his program stated and spoke after their very successful 11-2 and season in 2021, capped off with a Peach Bowl victory, was that we're coming for Big Ten championships, for national titles, for championship-level recruiting classes. We're coming for it all. We're coming for being a top 10, top 5 program nationally. And it's okay to say those things, to be bold, to go out, and to strive to achieve at a crazy high level, a level higher than what Mark D'Antonio achieved at Michigan State. But there are certain things that you have to do in order to get to that level. And currently Michigan State is 49th in recruiting. They're barely hanging on to the top 50. Michigan State, they finished 5-7 in 2022. Their offense was 92nd in the country. Their defense was 76th in the country. The Spartans have had an exodus of players leave. Not all of them have been very good, but Jeremy Bernard, who is a wide receiver, who is one of Mel Tucker's more highly touted prospects in the 2022 recruiting class, an early enrollee, he entered the portal. Um, ben Van Summeren, he... You know, he's entering the NFL draft. Same with Jaden Reed. So you have some guys who could return for an additional year, but they're not coming back. And listen, Peyton Thorne looked very inconsistent. Jarek Broussard also declared for the NFL draft. I have no clue why that is. Maybe since Collins has an extra year, I think, and he's returning and Berger's returning, he knows that he's not going to be the starter or even high in the rotation, so might as well give his chances in the NFL, but running backs, quarterbacks, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, secondary, at tight end, everywhere except wide receiver has been inconsistent at times. Maybe tight end could be fit in there, but even tight end and wide receiver have been schemed so poorly by a staff that I think, as a Michigan fan, as a fan of a program who, like Michigan State, were striving to be on top of the world, we've both proclaimed that, this staff is woefully inept. At least parts of it. Not every part of this staff is woefully inept. There are some good parts to it. However, there are parts of it that need to be changed, that need to be overhauled, because this performance that I saw was woefully unacceptable, whether it's from a talent aspect, a schematic aspect, whether it's from a toughness aspect, just a Big Ten aspect. You know, going on the road, losing to Washington, it was in humiliating fashion, but a team who is mentally tough, a Big Ten team doesn't go on the road they don't lose, and then they, they don't return home to what we now know is an inferior team to Washington. Minnesota is an inferior product to Washington. Washington's 10-2. and two. Their offense, when it's humming, is nearly unstoppable. Minnesota has a good defense, but their offense is just a disaster. You don't return home from Husky Stadium, get blasted by Tanner Morgan the following week. Don't go on the road and lose to a Maryland team who, let's be honest, I thought they were much better than they were. You don't—this doesn't happen to a team that's well-coached, to a team that has any kind of talent whatsoever, because let's be real, Michigan State has more talent than Indiana. They have more talent than Northwestern. They have more talent than Rutgers. They have about a similar talent level to Maryland, and— This staff, it worked in 2021. I think a lot of that had to do with Kenneth Walker and, you know, guys like Jacob Panashuk, for example, who departed after that year. And listen, 2022, it didn't work out. The offense was 92nd in the country in scoring, only scoring 24.4 points per game. It performed at a D'Antonio level on offense, like a late D'Antonio, Dave Warner offense. It was disgusting to watch. The defense was even more so because as a Michigan fan and living with my parents who are Spartan fans, I've gotten accustomed to Michigan State having a mediocre or bad offense. What I've not gotten accustomed to was atrocious defense. Last year's defense, the secondary was atrocious, but the front seven was among one of the best in the nation. You could not run on 2021 Michigan State. You just couldn't do it. The only reason Ohio State was able to do it with some kind of success is because they were so they were so proficient and were able to create so many holes in the passing game that it, it ironically the pass opened up the run there. But outside of them, outside of the Buckeyes, no one could run on twenty twenty one Michigan State. This season, the run defense was about ju- was just as bad. Just as bad as the past defense. The defense being 76th in the country, allowing 27.4 points per game. And this is where I really want to get into it. The staff, there are necessary staff changes that have to be made. There just are. Harlan Barnett and Ross Ells, Scotty Hazelton, and Jay Johnson, the two coordinators, they need to be gone. In a video that I did a few weeks ago, I talked about how I think Scotty Hazelton, with the improved defensive performance, you know, had a shot to, you know, save his job, keep everything together, you know, enter, enter into next season with some pressure. But the defensive performances against Michigan, against Illinois, and against even Rutgers to a certain degree were, were good enough because those were... The latter two were wins, and he held Michigan, which is a top-ten offense, to several field goals when the offense and special teams were just atrocious. You know, maybe that warranted him saving his job. But losing to Indiana and allowing 30 points to an offense that refused to pass the ball, and then losing to Penn State, not going bowling, I think he needs to be gone Jay Johnson, who is the architect of refusing to use Trey Mosley and Keon Coleman, who are among some of the best weapons on the team, that's a war crime. Peyton Thorne has regressed under his watch after this past season. He needs to go. Harlan Barnett, the defensive backs, have never been good in the Mel Tucker era. Barnett, I think, is wholly responsible for this, and he can't recruit well either. And if Michigan State wants to get better at the defensive back position like consistently and have depth there, they need to start recruiting better there. On special teams coach Ross Ells, look, Beringer's been good, but I'm scared to see the the backup punter or any punter that Ells has fully developed. Beringer's amazing, but Ben Patton, atrocious. Like, you know, he literally missing a fourth and goal chip shot that would have won Michigan State that game and gotten them to bowl eligibility. Michigan State also, they're a kicker. I think Jack Jack Stone is his name. He entered the portal last time I checked, and he was Michigan State's superior kicker. And, yeah, these are things, an, an elite staff doesn't collapse like this. They don't command a, they don't command a losing team. And I don't know if Mel Tucker's gonna make changes. I anticipate he'll make some over the next few days, slash weeks, slash next one month. But you know, midway through December, these changes need to happen and they need to happen sooner rather than later. As of course the coaching carousel it's reaching its peak right now, or it's already past its peak. A lot of the bigger hirings have been made. And now, listen, got to go out and get some better coaches. You just have to. Offensive line coach Chris Kapilovic and pass rush specialist Brandon Jordan should be under immense pressure in 2023. If all four of the guys that I think need to be replaced, you know, aka fired, if they do get fired and 2023 isn't a good enough season, like let's say it's just marginal improvement, like just a six and six record, maybe a very weak seven and five record. Kapilovic and Brandon Jordan should probably be the fall guys if 2023 doesn't work out. The pass rush has it, it honestly has regressed. Part of that was due to injury earlier in the season, of course, but Chris Bogle, he just isn't Jacob Paneshuk. The the pass rush regressed, the front seven regressed. Brandon Jordan, of course, works with those. He works with those players the most. Um, Jacoby Windman look very impressive. Led the nation forced fumbles. Was able to rack up sacks and rack up pressures against inferior opponents. But in Big Ten play, he was not a big time player. He just wasn't. He was a no, he was a non factor in most of those bigger games for Michigan State and Ron Burton who parted ways with Michigan State after 2021, his defensive line, you know, functioned the same way. They would rack up sacks and pressures against inferior teams, but against the offensive lines of Michigan and Ohio State, they couldn't get any pressure. And there was no change. If anything, there was regression after he left on the defensive line from the aspect of getting to to opposing quarterbacks. Speaking of coordinators, I think that Tucker should go after Garrett Riley or Mark Whipple for offensive coordinator. Garrett Riley, of course, won the Broyles Award. And Tim Banks or Anthony Poindexter for D.C. And Poindexter's with Penn State. Garrett Riley is with TCU, a playoff team, and you're probably thinking to yourself, this is Michigan State, Sam. How are they going to get these guys? Well, listen, Tucker is a $95 million contract. Michigan State's staff has the same salary pool as Ohio State. They're second in the Big Ten, which means that, you know, according to that, at the at last year or the 2022 preseason, but more so at the end of last season, Michigan State was more willing to spend money on their football program and invest in it than schools like Michigan and Penn State. They have the money. They have the resources to go out and get big names like Garrett Riley or Anthony Poindexter or Tim Banks, who's worked with a Tennessee defense that was gutted by the Jeremy Pruitt years and that in a Josh Heupel scheme isn't exactly the priority, and their defense went from absolutely atrocious last year to feasible this year. He's worked at Penn State. He played at Central Michigan, Tim Banks did. He knows the Michigan and Detroit area pretty well. Anthony Poindexter played at Virginia. I think he was an all-ACC corner or defensive back there. He's been at Penn State two years working with their secondary, which is consistently one of the best in the nation. So I pointed that out mainly to say, like, you want a better secondary? Go get a guy like Anthony Poindexter. The secondary will be miles better in his first year. You want a guy to use Peyton Thorne, Keon Coleman, Trey Mosley, use the wide receiver talent, the, the physical NFL wide receiver talent you have, and use a good quarterback? Go get a guy like Garrett Riley to develop that and to work that into a really good and physical Air Raid Scheme, an Air Raid Scheme that actually uses running backs as well, so Jalen Berger and Elijah Collins can still be involved. Or Mark Whipple. He's out at Nebraska because Marcus Satterfield is their new offensive coordinator, and he has a reputation with quarterbacks. He has a reputation with a pass-heavy offense. Go out and get him if you don't think you can get Garrett Riley or land a big name like Garrett Riley. And of course, these are suggestions, and they are for the staff, but that's just the staff. There's also roster changes that need to occur. There needs to be open competition for every position on the whole team, and no exceptions should be made. Listen, by roster changes, I mean recruiting at a higher level and using the crap out of the portal once again. Michigan State's recruiting class is 49th in the country. They have 10 commits, 9, nine four-stars, 1 three-star. They have an average recruit ranking of 91.09, which is very high for their placement. It's insanely high. There, there's no one around their rank that has that high of a rank. And that's because Michigan State's recruiting class has 10 guys. It's obvious that Michigan State cares more about quality than quantity. Which, listen, that's all fine and dandy, but with Michigan State having several players, Jack Stone at kicker, Jeremy Bernard at wide receiver, Carson Castile at linebacker, you also have Terry Lockett at wide receiver, Jalen Hunt, Deshaun Mallory at defensive line, Michael Fletcher... At edge with you know Michigan State will probably have an exodus of players leaving from East Lansing themselves so to have a recruiting class that only has 10 hard commits you need to get in some bodies for just depth purposes and some guys that are maybe diamonds in the rough that you can nurture and develop to play like the four-star five-star players that you're trying to recruit raw out of high school so there's that too Recruiting, overall ranking of 50, a composite ranking of 49 according to 24-7 Sports. Michigan State has two tight ends coming in from the portal, one from Norfolk State, the other from Wisconsin. But they need, I'd say they need transfers at other positions as well. And if not, they certainly need to beef up their recruiting class, get an additional, I would say, 10 commits, maybe 15, but that might be too much to ask for. I'd say 10. Get them in and add some depth. Recruit some of your own guys, because a lot of the D'Antonio recruits have transferred away. They're graduating, or they're going to graduate after this season or the following season. It's about to be Mel Tucker's guys and his transfers that are the only part of this roster. The staff will need to use the portal, I've already mentioned this again, just to improve depth and the overall talent level on the roster. There are so many guys in the portal right now, I know that Mel Tucker is going to use the portal, definitely will have more incoming transfers than he did last season, I can tell you that right now, I'd expect like more than 10, probably around 15, that's just me. And he's already brought in two tight ends via the portal. I would say look at players for the offensive line, wide receiver, defensive tackle, and defensive back positions. You could thro- you could really throw in the entire defense there, but I would say prioritize defensive tackle, prioritize defensive back. Because Jacob Slade, I think he's gone. He's leaving for the draft. And Simeon Barrow is good, and defensive tackle depth still will probably be overall safe. But it would be good to have that interior of the defensive line be playing at that 2021 level and securing up the secondary. You secure the secondary and make dramatic improvements there, and you re anchor that front four, especially the interior two on the D line. You can have a really good defense. And at wide receiver, with Jaden Reed leaving and Jeremy Bernard departing, and with the offensive line. Likely still being a weak unit next year, and you don't have the brightest running backs in the world. Why not bring in another star wide receiver to replace Jaden Reed? To have Peyton Thorne just have body after body at wide receiver to throw to and let Peyton Thorne make some mistakes and have some margin for error. Bring in a really advanced wide receiver who can make plays, who can, you know, who can catch a ball that shouldn't be able to be caught, who can catch an underthrown or overthrown pass here and there, because Peyton Thorne, with the level of protection that he receives, he's going to be making mistakes. And Peyton Thorne, too, listen, he did well in 2021, he had some bright moments this season, but there needs to be open competition at every position on the whole team. You got Noah Kim, Keaton Hauser, the offensive line and defensive line, trench play is just a mess, period. Amen. This roster and this staff need to be overhauled if Michigan State wants to get on track to competing for the Big Ten in the future. After going 5-7 and seven this season, following up a very successful 11-2, and two, very eye-catching 11-2 and two season, that season put Michigan State on the map gave them national attention, Michigan State's now kind of sinking back in that underdog, under-the-spotlight area. And I'm curious to see what Mel Tucker and his staff, which hopefully, just from a standpoint of the fact that I like competition, and from the standpoint that, you know, Michigan State and their fans deserve staff changes, and they deserve roster upgrades. They do not deserve having Jay Johnson and Scotty Hazleton returning again. They just don't. So I'm excited to see what Michigan State does over the next few weeks and over the next month. I guarantee you're going to see a lot of incoming transfers, maybe a big-time commit to their recruiting class, but more likely than not, some smaller names to fill in-depth positions, and you'll see some staff changes. And with that, that's all I'm going to say for this video. If you liked it, please make sure to hit that like button hit the subscribe button, click the notification bell, and comment your thoughts on this video down below. Thank you guys for watching, and I'll see you around. Bye-bye.